Hey folks, since we didn't get a chance to record our advice episodes because we lost our actual play episodes and we had to re-record that, there was no episode to put out today. So here's one of the off-the-cuffs that we've been recording in our spare time. This one is about your footprint at the table. Welcome to Misdirected Mark Off the Cuff. We are going to be talking about GM and player setup at the table or, you know, online if you're going to be playing online and how you set things up. I actually think this will be pretty fascinating. Phil, why don't you tell me about your GM and player setup when you are playing and running games? Sure. So I, I run most of my games in person. So my normal setup is I actually just changed it, right? So my current setup is I have a portable monitor that I have hooked up to a laptop, which I keep off the table. I really just need the compute power of the laptop. So I just keep it off the table. And I have this um, 15 inch monitor that is a flat screen that sits in a little holder. Uh, and that has opened my, um, my notes in OneNote, plus usually a web page, like a web browser. So I have things like random uh, name generators and all that stuff at the fingertips, right? And then on the table somewhere I have a mouse and I keep a keyboard off to the side, like off the table in case I need to actually type something in. But most of the time when I'm running, I'm not typing anything. I'm just reading stuff that I've prepped. So that piece right there kind of has the display for my notes and stuff. Then I usually have uh, dice on the table. I like rolling dice. I don't like, I don't really like dice rollers that much. So if we're playing at my place, I have my dice tray, but if I'm playing out and about, I usually just have the dice on the table. I don't, I don't take my dice tray with me. I have this nice wooden one, but I don't like to travel with it. And then I have some index cards, a pencil that's for writing notes in the game. Those index cards are also for things like hit points and, and things like that. And then whatever else the game uh, needs. So if it needs um, poker chips like we use for plot points, if it needs those kinds of things, I have those with me. Of course, I have safety tools. Those always go with me. And then the last thing I have is my short order hero deck, which is um, a whole card deck. So it's probably like 100 cards of traits that I use when I have to whip up NPCs on the fly. I can just grab a few cards and it gives me a few traits to go with. And then if the game requires, like if I need it, I have um, laminated cheat sheets off to the side. Depends on the game. I don't need it for Cortex, but I do have it for like Cyberpunk. I have, you know, the GM screen that was in PDF. I printed it and then laminated the pages together. And that's like essentially my GM kit. So I just kind of sit back. I have room to write in front of me. I have my screen with my information, my prep information on it so I can see it. And then I have some rule references, a couple tools for improv and my dice. That's my table setup. And it's pretty much the same when we go uh, to our friend's house to play cyberpunk. I like that new monitor because the monitor's new, right? Yeah, the monitor, I, it was a TikTok thing. It was 75 bucks for the monitor and it just, it hooks up to um, your laptop across USB-C and it even powers, it gets power from the laptop across USB-C. So it's just one cable connecting to the laptop. Bob, what about you as a player when you go to play a game wherever you are? What do, what do you usually bring with you to, to play aside from coffee? Because you always come to my house with coffee. Almost always, yeah. Uh, my current setup for most of the games that we're playing right now is my Chromebook for character sheet type stuff and any uh, rule book uh, lookups that I need to do. And then my collapsible dice tray with my dice in it. 
And that's my footprint on the table usually is just that amount of space. I don't have to take up a lot. Um, and then depending on which game it is, I might have some index cards and a pencil. Even though I've got my Chromebook out, sometimes it's it's quicker and easier to just throw something down on a note card. But it varies. And beyond that, if if it's an analog game where I've got paper, a paper character sheet, uh, then that takes the spot on the table where my Chromebook would be. And maybe if there's, uh, like when we played d d I had the rule book out on the table, but I could just as easily have had that underneath my character sheet instead of off to the side, but we had space to play with, so. My table's very big. It is. Well, you also have spell cards. I do have spell cards, which um, for d d are very, very useful for my character, at least. So I have a little, uh, I don't think it was an Etsy store I bought it from, but I got it online. It's basically just little bitty... Uh, notebook that's got sleeves in it that are bound into the into the notebook. Super and useful. I just sleeve my cards in there and I flip through them. Jerry, what about you? Because you are a, a big note taker for our groups. Well, when I'm playing, I like to bring my, ta- my tablet and if I'm going to be taking notes, then I open up a Google Drive doc so I can take notes. Then I'll have my character sheet. If possible, I like to have it online, but if not, I'll just have a, a, a written copy of my character sheet. And I like to line up my dice and I like to have little three by five cards for games like D and I'll write down my spells on the three by five card, all the stuff that I need. That's important, including page numbers and stuff like that. In games like children, of the shroud, I'll have a card that has all of the assets that we always have. So are not, uh, not children's shroud, ox. So I'll have like, I've got a card for ox that has like all the stuff our ship has that we can use. Cause I'm always forgetting that we've got, the data sphere or that we've got, I never forget that we've got poly, but a lot of other things that are, that are in our ship as we create things that are permanent, I keep them all together. We're also going to hand them out at the table. When I'm GMing, I'm a prop horse. When I'm, when I'm GMing, I like cards. I don't mind having a low GM screen. I don't want anything that's going to hide anything, but if it's a game that has charts that are useful, then I'll have that. Like um, when I run Star Wars Genesis, the GM screen has a whole list of suggested things to use when you roll uh, advantages and disadvantages. So that's useful to have. And then I'll normally have a stack of cards. I like to have cards with my NPCs on them. I don't put my NPCs in a book as much anymore. I'll just put them on a three by five card that I can keep in a, in a card box. And if there's a game that has pre-printed cards for NPCs, even if I'm only going to use part of it, I'll have a stack of those ready for me for whatever I'm planning to do that week. So like when I was running Eberron online for you guys, I actually had a spreadsheet set up with all of the adversaries for that week with all the major stats on them. So I just had something I could refer back to as we move through the story. As a GM, I'm always going to have a page with names and characters and what they're doing and where they're going, like what's their plot, what are they going to be moving on, what's going to happen if if they're going to move on. I'm going to have that either as a document on my computer or if I'm playing like at a convention or something, I may have that as just a handout sheet. But as a GM, I tend to take up the entire end of that table. I try not to spread past that. As a player, I try to keep myself contained, but with the laptop, there's sometimes other things there. And then I'm always going to have something to drink. So <laughs> that's my layout. Multiple drinks. Yep. And if I'm playing, if I'm GMing a game where I'm going to have minis, I will try to have, I like to store my minis in old card boxes. And so I'll have card box that has all of the main minis that I'm going to have in there already. So I can just pull out, okay, here's a bunch of orcs. Here's a couple of, you know, space marines. And you know, here's two, you know, Sailor Scouts, go for it. Have that available so I can just put them on the table, even if they're not completely going to represent what I've got. Since I've switched to paper minis and stand-ups, 
that may change radically. So let's talk about the three things we've talked about. We can talk about mine too if we want, but I think we need to break this up. This has been basically yeah. everybody just talking about their, their setups and whatnot. I like the concept of your footprint at the table. Like, mm-hmm. what is your footprint at the table? Because I have a big game table. Phil has a, a much smaller game table than I have. And yes. that requires different kinds of thought processes. When, you, when I come to it as a player, like, I actually don't bring dice. I just use the dice that Phil has for me. It's like in a little box. Mm-hmm. And I try to make that as minimal as possible because I'm a laptop guy. All my stuff's on a laptop. Even game mastering, like 90% of my stuff's on a laptop. So how important and how much do you think about the footprint that you have at the table like i'm very conscientious of the footprint that i that i have at the game table especially if i'm at a game table that doesn't have a lot of space phil what about you what are you are you you're obviously conscientious about your footprint yeah i actually and and honestly have been thinking about changing it up and putting you get like rearranging you guys i think i have more stuff than everybody so <laughs> i've been thinking about taking the the long end of the table by the wall Oh, we should talk about this for a second. So right. like mm-hmm. I run two different games for two different groups on Friday nights, alternating Friday nights. One of the groups, the the group that Bob and Jerry are in, I sit at the long end of the table and I have everybody sit around me. And it's a very different perspective than the other group where I sit at the end of the table. It's yeah. It's fascinating for a couple of a couple of reasons. One, your setup can be different because you can have more space to to spread out a little bit. And then the other thing is the view of the table is different and how you swing your head back and forth and focus on a person. You can't quite see everybody, right? Like you have to, yeah. it's, it's a, it's an interesting games uh, play idea as a game master with this footprint and sitting at a specific part of the table, which I, I know we, uh, it seems so innocuous, right? But it's really not. I noticed after like the second session, like I really got to swing my head around to focus on people. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've been toying with it. I haven't committed to the idea of it yet just because I would have a larger footprint, but I've also kind of made the footprint I have work. But I think my table best plays three player, like a game master and three players, and we added a player to the game. So now we're at four. And so my table is straining just a little, like for it to all work. And again, with everyone bringing laptops, when we switch games and we start playing um, Spectaculars, Mm -hmm. it might be fine. It, It might not be much better. Or it might not be much better. There's a lot of parts to those games. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm one for messing around with this stuff. Like I actually think about this stuff quite a bit, right? I, I actually put like a, a decent amount of thought into what does my space look like, the efficiency of my space. You know, I don't want to be fumbling around while I'm trying to run a game. I want things to just kind of be where I need them. Me too, right? Like when I, I conscientiously decide to sit at the long end of the table, so that I could have a different perspective on the game to see how it actually affect how I game, how I ran, the, how I facilitated the game, and it and it changed it. It did. It makes it different. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. fascinating. I mean, Jerry's got a gigantic table in his basement that we used to play at. Yeah, like it yeah. It, it puts my table to shame. So I mean, like it, table size is interesting. It's, it's it's an old conference room table, so. Yeah. Yeah, table size yeah. is, is an interesting thought, right? Like how far away from you are ever, are you from everything? Can you actually reach things? So the thing yeah, that table spaces. It's a concern because like, like we've already outlined, your table is bigger than Phil's table. When we go to Sean's house, he's got two folding tables that are set up, one the long way for the players and then mm-hmm. one perpendicular to that for Phil. So he gets that big wide space. It's nice. To set yeah. up his stuff for that. I actually like that setup. I actually used to have that setup with two six foot uh, folding tables. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good setup. 
It's it's interesting because it's not two six foot tables. It's one it's one long table, but the perpendicular table that I'm at is just like maybe like a four footer. Yep. But but it's enough that like it's enough that it makes a little T, right? But it's enough that um I can get everything out on it with some room. It's a pretty comfortable setup. Really the only thing Sean's game space needs an upgrade on is, is chairs. The chairs are a little rough. Um, yeah. Table setup's actually pretty nice. What were you going to say, Jer? In my basement, what I've done in the past is I've, I've got a couple of folding tables and I've got a shorter, like half table. Imagine a small folding table that's folded in half that I can set up so I can make like a U at my end of the table. Oh uh, yeah. Which, yeah. Depending on what I'm running, if I'm doing it and I'm sitting at the end of the table that I was at when you guys were playing, I don't do that as much because then I'm blocking the bathroom. But if I sit at the other end of the table, the other thing I do when I'm GMing is depending on my game group, I will sometimes arrange the players a certain way. For a long time when I was running, I had two players, one of whom just didn't talk very loud. And the other one who came with another gamer who often talked over them because they were a group and would sometimes make decisions for them. And so I always set them on either side of me so that when we were gaming, the more aggressive gamers i could still focus on the two make sure everybody got their playtime in so when everybody was all excited and talking about something like well that's like what did you say what did you say and i could hear them and they could hear me and they weren't shouting over everybody else that was just a conscious gming thing based on who plays well best next to each other when i ran pathfinder at the hobby shop there were certain players i sat next to each other because this one knew the rules and loved to teach people and this one had no concept of the rules and always needed help and liked having help them next to each other and they interacted really well together that's not my layout but it's still how i laid out the table for players so that we had players who play to their strengths and weaknesses together and make it more enjoyable for everybody so before i i, I comment on this filler filler bob have you guys ever done that like at your tables to actually arrange people in a certain way i have not when i was gming but that I, was way back in the day i have i i do it now actually it, the re, there's a reason for it her name's Ashley. She is my uh, my my cousin's partner. She plays in one of my other Friday night game. She doesn't like doing math. She's like, I want to play this game, but I don't want to do the math. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't really like it. I just want to do the things that my character would do and say what I'm doing. So she sits right to the right of me, and her uh, her partner, my cousin, sits next to her, and together we just help her do the math so we can move the game yep. along, and give her the experience that she wants. I mean. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. We asked her if that's what she wanted. She's like, yes, please do that for me so I don't have to think about it. I'm like, all right, let's go. There are some actually like uh, worthwhile things to think about concerning like mm-hmm. table arrangement, where you're putting players and why you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I was very upfront about it when I did it. It sounds like Jerry kind of just did it to make sure that everybody was happy without actually well, telling them. Well, I, I had a game group for a while that was not a group that had gamed. They were from three other groups and one add-on. So they weren't a coherent group initially. What is this dark ages of gaming that we're talking about? I, I assume this still exists in the world. Uh, I'm, Chris, I'm this sorry. This was five for, years ago. I know. Um, I know I'm kidding. <laughs> this and, dark ages I mean, of I mean, gaming. I've, I've, I've been part of other game groups, aren't you guys, in the last five years where we've had the same thing where you've got to have, there was one time where I would sit opposite another player because they were always over controlling the table that we were at. Oh, I'm with you, man. I, that's why I don't. So I, had, so I had to look right at them so that when they, I would just, even though I wasn't the GM, I was a player, I'd just like, hold on a second. They were saying something. If I sat next to them, I couldn't. But if I sat across from them, I could literally like put my hand across the table in front of them and just say, "Hold on a second. Look, it's a lot of that's a lot of table culture, right? You're you're creating a table culture. Yeah, I get yeah. I get that. I mean, and you can and you thing. can do it. 
then you can do it in a way that's productive as opposed to just being absolutely an asshole. Bob, what you're going to say? I was just going to say there was one other thing that kind of plays into your footprint at the table. I made a conscious effort to keep my footprint to a bare minimum, regardless of where I go, just so that depending on how many players we have or what the space is like, I'm, I don't have to take up any more space than I need to. But your play style, the play style of the group, uh, and by that I mean like if it's kind of a relaxed beer and pretzelsy kind of game, right? When we play every other Sunday at our friend Sean's, that table is a snack fest. Oh, God. <laughs> like we it have really drinks. Is. We have multiple different kinds of snacks. We usually have some kind of homemade thing that gets brought out. So that Jeez table's puffs. got all kinds of stuff piled up on it, stacked up on it. So being a minimal footprint person leaves more room for the snacks. It's true. Now, not even going to mention the part that I cannot keep myself from partaking of the snacks in an overindulgent fashion. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. But it's something that, like that where you, if you've got... Are those vanilla Oreos, Bob? Yeah. How many of the Oreos did I kill? Yeah. Well, That's funny. It's the cheese puffs, man. Yeah, the, the cheese, cheese puffs, puffs just getting you. I'm, and I'm guilty of it. I bring, I, I occasionally, when we run out, I bring the giant plastic container of cheese puffs. I mean, we have seen them go in one night. Oh my god! Like I mean, just, yeah. All you, all you fifty-something dudes just pounding cheese puffs. Apparently, it's a good thing we only play twice cheese a month. Puffs and cookies and <laughs> snack chips and. Well, now, now we do, we do try to. We're getting better at getting food that isn't as messy at the table. That's something I always try to do. You know, snacks at the table, because that's part of the culture. And that's part of a lot of game cultures is, is snacks at the table, which is a totally different topic. But having a space for them makes a difference. Sort of. It's part of the table footprint. I mean, next, if we're going to expand this from, yeah, if we're going to expand this from like your GM player footprint to the, the footprint of the table, which is kind of what we're talking about. The snacks matter, man. Well, they yeah. do. They do. Having space for snacks makes a difference. Like yeah, at, I mean, at, Sean's, at Sean's house, there's a shelf behind Bob that has paper towels, plates, and all the snacks that we brought that haven't that that were open so we can reach behind us and are all there at the table. Phil has his little table that has all the cups and plates on it that we can get at without making a mess of the table. That makes I a difference. None of that. I have like uh TV tables, like you know, the tray table deals that I will sometimes put to the left and the right of me or whatnot for folks. But yeah. we just have coasters everywhere because don't put your drink on our table. Right. Because that's a thing at our table, right? Like that's yeah. that takes a part of the table footprint though. I actually don't even normally like drinks on the actual game table. Like I have a bunch of side tables. Drinks go off to side tables kind of thing so that if anything spills, nothing spills on the game space. Now it's interesting. So I never talked about mine. I guess I'll talk about mine now. It's not too dissimilar from, from what's been said. I always have my laptop when I'm a game mastering because when I'm playing a game that has initiative, I will take index cards and cut them and fold them so that they can hang off the top of my laptop so that everybody can see what the initiative order is. And that's an old trick that I took from, from game mastering screens from back in the day. I just use my laptop as the game master screen. I was going to say, I was just going to say a lot of GMs these days use the, use the laptop as their GM screen. Mm -hmm. That's what really I do. Well. My physical setup is not nearly as interesting as my, my online setup, but we'll, I'll finish the physical setup. There's some amount of paper off to the right that I'm usually writing on where my right hand is. My dice are usually there. If I have miniatures, I will usually grab a tray table and put my miniatures on the tray table that is next to me. Mm -hmm. So I got the U thing looking, going on there. And that's pretty much my setup. I, uh, I try to take up that much space. That's it. 
my online setup, we play public access twice. I play with two different groups. The, the games are intermittent. One's every other week, one's three weeks on, two weeks off. I actually really like the three weeks on, two weeks off. That's a thing to talk about is rhythm of gaming. Like I, that's an interesting topic to me that I've been thinking about a lot lately, but we can talk about that some other time. I have two, I have a dual screen setup. I have two screens and they're both not exactly tiny either. I mean, they're not huge, right? I don't have that, that curved monitor. I'm not like rich or anything. Like I don't have a ton of money, so I can't buy the sweet looking curved 56 inch screen, but my two monitors, I will have zoom up in a smaller window, taking up a quarter of one screen. I will have a notepad file up with my game notes, my personal game notes in another thing uh, that's on the other screen that's taking up like a quarter of the space. Then I will have the character keeper for public access, which by the way, those character keepers are badass. I love them. Takes up the other three fourths of my first screen. And then on the other screen, is all the PDFs that I require to be up in Adobe Acrobat Reader for the different mysteries because public access usually has three mysteries going on. Then I also have a file up for the big man stuff for when you run into the big man and a file that is up for uh, just general Degoya County stuff. So that's how I have that set up. And that game is great for me because I don't have to roll dice. So I don't have to worry about ever having to pick up anything. I just have to make choices. It took me a, a, about four sessions to figure out that's the way that I wanted it, but it lets me be able to look at the players on Zoom when I want to. It lets me pretty easily glance around for looking for the different things that I need, and um, the tabs on Adobe Acrobat Reader are easy enough for me to click on, so I don't have to waste a ton of time when somebody does something or jumping between different mysteries. So that's my online setup. I think it's pretty effective. So I'd be curious to hear other people out there in the world's online setups and how they run and facilitate games uh, over the internet. Yeah, my, I mean, for me, my online setup's, act, I mean, pretty sweet because I do have, I have two 24-inch monitors, you know, next to each other. Spoiled. And then, and then I have a, a pretty big-ass desk, right? I think my desk is uh, five feet across. And so, and my monitors are on a stand, so they're off the desk completely. <laughs> so I actually have like a lot of the, um, which I have a lot of the table space. So um, when I run, I have, you know, I, I have a similar setup with Windows and stuff like you do. Like I'll have OneNote open, Zoom open. Um, on my secondary screen, I'll have, you know, things like the character keeper, PDFs, or whatever. Um, again, I hate rolling. I hate dice rollers online. So I actually have my dice on the desk, index cards and pencils on my desk so I can write notes while we're playing and then, you know, whatever else. But yeah, for me, I actually, if, I, if I'm going to run a game online... I have way more space. Like it's really pretty comfy for me to do stuff online. I would have a very difficult time these days. I, I don't suppose a very difficult time without the internet access part of, of it. I would have a harder time running a game like be it in person or obviously online, right? Cause you can't play online without internet access, but the in-person part, because all my notes are online and all of my, I don't have a hard copy anymore. I mean, I could probably do it, but if I knew ahead of time that I had to, but even then, like flipping through paper, it's gross. Yeah, I, I don't do paper. And, and I purposely years ago picked OneNote because um, it works offline. As long as you've synced your device to Smart. your notes, um, mm -hmm. it'll work. It'll work if internet access fails. So, and OneNote works on every device. So there's a web version of it. There's a mobile version of it. There's a uh, tablet version of it. There's a... Um, actual standalone app if you're on um, a PC or a Mac. So it, there isn't a machine. Like if, if my laptop died heading over to a game session, I can pull up my OneNote notes 
on my phone if I had to. Smart. Like, I, I'm such a Google Docs person. I, which, I love Google Docs. Which you can set Google Docs for offline access. You, you can. I, you yeah. can, absolutely. But yeah, I've I do it, actually. I've done it before. I, I equally depend on internet access for my notes. But again, as long as I can get to it for a second to sync it, I can yeah. lose access temporarily. Yeah. Just, just let me, just let me borrow that hotspot for a hot second. Yeah. Well, with now with phones being a hotspot, right? If worse, yeah. worse comes to worse, I can, you know, like at a convention, I could turn my phone over to a hotspot, resync my tablet, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and then keep going, kind of thing. Yeah. I actually have a mobile hotspot in my computer bag, just in case, an extra one. Oh, that's smart. But uh, when when I run at home, I have two monitors set up side by side, and normally I have. Each one has two tabs open. I'm going to have like my gaming interface. So if I'm using like Roll20 or something like that, if that happens, then I'll have another one that's going to have uh, all my notes. And then a third one will have all the player information. Then normally I'll have the, the camera open for the players so we can see them. Because if I'm gaming, I want to see the players and I want them to be able to see me. You know, I have something interesting that I get to do on Thursday. I am going to go run a game at a friend's house and they have a monitor built into their table. Nice. Oh yeah, neat. So, That's awesome. And that game will actually that game actually utilizes some amount of like maps and visual aid that way. So therefore, mm-hmm. I will be able to utilize it. It'll be pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Anyways, that is our our uh, GM player slash table footprint that that we wanted to talk about tonight. We hope you mm-hmm. enjoyed that, and let us know about your GM player slash just table footprint and how you like set things up. We kind of want to know about it. Thank you very much for joining us for this off the cuff. <laughs>